going to be talking tonight a lot about how stress and diet and um, the immune system are all tied together. And hopefully it'll give you some good ideas going into cold and flu and whatever season um, to help us all stay a little bit healthier this winter and prevent a lot of the normal problems that we have. All right, it's seven o'clock and we're gonna get started. I wanna thank you all for joining and hopefully this will be a very good and in a way an interactive presentation. At the bottom of your screen, there's a Q&A area. And so at the end of the presentation, I'll go through the questions and answer, and answer them. So please feel free to type in any question that you might have. If it is something that um, is a little more personal, you know, you can contact me. I have my contact information coming up in a minute. If the sound or the slides, the video freezes, please refresh your browser. That's usually an internet connection and that should get you right back to where we are. So again, the Q&A um, at the bottom of your screen to type in questions. And if everything works properly, I'll have this recorded and a recording will be on our blog page in a couple of days at naturalcompounder.com um, forward slash blog. And tonight I'll be talking about how the immune system works and how digestion, stress, and the immune system are all interconnected. Here's a slide of some contact information and that'll be at the end also. And we do have a sheet of our favorite, our more popular cold and flu remedies that we've been recommending for years. And if you would like a copy of that, it, you can email me at gary at naturalcompounder.com and I'll email it right back. If you do have any questions you can, about anything we discussed tonight, you can call the store at 781-893-3870, extension three for the Wellness Center, or my extension is 111. And if you leave me a message, I will get back to you. Or you can email me at gary at naturalcompounder.com. <clears throat> and here we go. Um, let me just shrink that. Okay, the immune system is the body's defense system. It's an interactive network of organs, white blood cells, and proteins that protect the body from viruses, bacteria, fungi, or foreign substances. We're continually exposed to organisms that are inhaled, swallowed, or inhabit our skin and mucous membranes. Whether or not these organisms lead to disease is decided by the integrity of our body's defense mechanism. The immune system works to neutralize and remove pathogens that enter the body, recognizing and neutralizing harmful substances from the environment and fight against the body's own cells that have changes due to an illness. When our immune system is working properly, we don't even notice it. But when we have an under or an overactive immune system, we're at a greater risk of developing infections and other health conditions. Antibodies are a large part of, of a large, let's start again. I looked off, I just wanted to make sure everything was broadcasting. Antibodies are a part of a large family of chemicals called immunoglobulins, which play many roles in the immune system. 
IgG mocks the microbes so other cells can recognize and deal with them. IgM focuses on bacteria. IgA correlates in, in fluids such as tears, saliva, where it protects the gateways. Those are entryways into our body. IgE protects against parasites and is also to blame for allergies. And IgD stays bound to B lymphocytes, helping them start the immune system. Antibodies lock onto the antigens, but they don't kill them. They only mock them for death. Everybody's immune system is different, but as a general rule, it becomes stronger during adulthood, as by this time we've been exposed to many pathogens and develop more immunity. This is why teens and adults tend to get sick less often than children. Once an antibody has been produced, a copy remains in the body, so if the same antigen appears again, it can be dealt with more quickly. This explains why some diseases, such as chickenpox, you only get once as the body has a chickenpox antibody stored and ready and waiting to destroy chickenpox next time it arrives. This is immunity. Immunity can be broken down into innate and acquired, and, and the acquired is broken down into active and passive. We're born with our innate immune system. It provides a general defense against common pathogens, which is why it's also known as nonspecific immune system. It's the rapid response system and is the first to respond when an invader is identified. The cells of the innate immune system surround and engulf the invader. The invader is killed inside the immune system cells. These cells are called phagocytes. The adaptive immune system can target specific threats against viruses and bacteria the body has previously had contact with. With help from the innate system, it produces antibodies after the body has been exposed to the invader. It can take several days for antibodies to develop, but after first exposure, the immune system will recognize the invader and defend against it. The adaptive immune system changes throughout a person's life. Passive immunity is borrowed from another source, but it doesn't last indefinitely. For instance, a baby receives antibodies from the mother through the placenta before birth and in breast milk following birth. This passive immunity protects the baby from some infections during the early years of their life. The gut microbiome provides essential health benefits to the host, particularly by regulating the immune homeostasis. Dysbiosis, which is an alteration and imbalance of the gut microbiome, is associated with the development of several autoimmune conditions and other health problems. And this is why, <coughs> excuse me, we're gonna be talking tonight about how Immunity is important and keeping yourself healthy is important, but the gut and the microbiome and our stress level, our adrenal function and the hormonal function are all interrelated. And if one's out of balance, it can affect the others. The way the immune system develops is affected by the microbiome. Babies are born with essentially no microbiome and a very immature immune system. 
and the two develop together in forming one another. First, microbes to colonize in the baby's gut, skin, and mouth help teach the immune system what is harmful and what isn't. When microbes are missing in the gut, the immune system doesn't develop as it should. Microbiome development in a newborn is disrupted via C-section or early antibiotic use by either the baby or the mother at the end of the pregnancy, making the baby at higher risk for developing asthma, allergies, respiratory infection, IBD, irritable bowel disease, type 1 diabetes, and obesity. Throughout life, the type of microbes and where they colonize has an effect on T and B cells. Certain bacteria spark immune responses by promoting the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines, where other bacteria favor regulatory T cells and provide help with the gut homostasis. Exposure to microbes in the gut leads to a more diverse immune response. They provide an educational process to the adaptive immune network. Without this process, there's an increased susceptibility to various immune disorders, both inside and outside the gut. This chart shows how the gut lining can get disrupted and lead to an immune response, food intolerances, and more gut inflammation. The gut can have a positive effect on the immune system if you have a healthy microbiome and a negative effect on the immune system if you have dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of the good and bad bacteria, which leads to leaky gut. Leaky gut is often associated with allergies and autoimmune conditions. Reversing autoimmune diseases depends on healing the lining of the GI tract. The autoimmune condition, the immune system mistake in autoimmune conditions, the immune system mistakenly targets healthy cells rather than foreign pathogens or faulty cells. They cannot distinguish our self from invaders or non-self. Examples of autoimmune diseases include celiac disease, type 1 diabetes, lupus, inflammatory bowel disease, multiple sclerosis, psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis, and Graves' disease. Practitioners are increasingly recognizing the importance of the GI tract in the development of allergy or autoimmune diseases. Understanding the leaky gut phenomenon not only helps explain how allergies and autoimmune diseases develop, but also helps develop safe and effective therapies to bring the body back into balance. Due to enlarged spaces or holes between the cells and the gut wall, larger than usual protein molecules are absorbed before they have a chance to, com to completely break down. So if you look at this chart right in the middle, you can see there's a big wide opening. That's if the gut's inflamed. If you look on the edges, the cells are packed much closer together. They're supposed to open up a little bit and allow molecules of the right size to get through. And that keeps a lot of the viruses and bacteria and metabolic waste and larger molecules of proteins and foods in the intestines till they're broken down. When the gut gets inflamed and you have those larger spaces, larger groups of molecules can get in, even of food, and that's what the body's reacting to. 
It's not, it's, that's what's leading to food sensitivity. So people who have food sensitivity, not an anaphylactic reaction, they, their real way of getting out of that hole is to heal the gut, get that tightened up. And then the body's reaction to those foods will start going down. The immune system begins treating the protein molecules that come in that are too large as foreign invading substances it needs to destroy. Antibodies are then produced against these harmless food substances. Now human tissue have antigenic sites very similar to those on food, bacteria, and parasites, candida or um, mold and fungi. The antibiotics created by leaky gut against the foods that are absorbing those large molecules can get into various tissues in our body and trigger an inflammatory reaction where the corresponding food is consumed or the microbe is encountered. Auto, the autoantibodies are created and inflammation becomes chronic. If this inflammation occurs in a joint, the autoimmune arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis can develop. If it occurs in the brain, chronic fatigue syndrome may be the result. If it occurs in the blood vessels, vasculitis, which is inflammation of blood vessels is the result of an autoimmune problem. If the antibodies end up attacking the lining of the gut itself, the result may be colitis or Crohn's. If it occurs in the lungs, asthma is triggered in a delayed basis every time the individual consumes the food which triggers the production of antibodies in the first place. Practically any organ or any body tissue can become affected by food allergies created by leaky gut. Symptoms can be multiplied and severely debilitating. In addition to the creation of food allergies by leaky gut, the bloodstream is invaded by bacteria, fungi, mold, parasites that in a healthy state would not penetrate the barrier of the gut. These microbes and their toxins, if present in large amounts, they can overwhelm the liver's ability to detoxify, leading to a cascade of health conditions. Leaky gut syndrome describes the intestinal permeability. It's basically caused by inflammation of the gut lining. This inflammation is usually brought about by antibiotics. It, these lead to the overgrowth of abnormal bacteria in the GI tract, bacteria, parasites, candida, and fungi. The non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as aspirin, Ibuprofen, Vicodin, and other prescription pain meds are very irritating to the bowel and can lead to leaky gut. Alcohol and caffeine are strong gut irritants. Gluten and other proteins from wheat are very irritating to the gut. And with these grains, we also have to think of glyphosate, which is Roundup. It's everywhere. It was, the first, it was first patented as an antibiotic because it was known to interfere with one of life's processes in bacteria. It killed, but it didn't work as an antibiotic, but it was very effective at killing the bacteria. Problem is it's remaining in the foods. Then when we eat them, it's disrupting the normal bacteria in our gut. And it's leading to a lot of overgrowth of unwanted organisms such as candida. There can be mold or fungal um, mycotoxins in stored grains, fruit, 
especially dried fruit and refined carbs. Also from water damage in homes, we can ingest the mold spores. So a lot of people are starting to have mold and mycotoxin problems, and it has to do with their house they grew up in or lived in for a while, had a leaky basement, or there was mold growing behind the walls because the roof was leaking. And this can stay with us. It, the mold can colonize in our sinuses and in the bowel. Um, there can be food poisoning can disrupt the microbiome and lead to leaky gut. Chemicals in fermented and processed foods, the dyes, preservatives, and peroxidized or rancid fats are very irritating to the bowel. Prescription drugs such as prednisone, the corticosteroids, high refined carbs, candy bars, cookies, cake, soda, white bread, all very inflammatory and irritating. And even some prescription hormones like birth control pills can be irritating to the bowel. Broad spectrum prescription antibiotics are the primary cause of leaky gut syndrome. Antibiotics wipe out the friendly gut bacteria that otherwise provide protection against fungi and amoeba infections. They also help the body break down complex foods, synthesize vitamins such as B12 and biotin. They also help us with keeping that lining tight and with our immune system. 60 to 70% of our immune response comes from the healthy bacteria in a healthy gut. Without enough beneficial bacteria, there's an inflammatory reaction that will probably lead to leaky gut syndrome. The body is made to naturally fight back against germs and to protect from harm. Supporting the immune system strengthens that response, but usually takes some time. The first course of action and easiest is to fix those things that stress the immune system. Stress in general, not getting enough sleep, a poor diet, not getting enough sunshine or exercise or fresh air can all lead to a decreased immune response. Stress and poor nutrition are destabilizing to the immune system. A few basic lifestyle changes can do a lot to provide um, support and help your immune system. Get adequate sleep, preferably at the same time each night. Sleep in the circadian rhythm, your, your adrenal rhythm, exert a strong regulatory influence on immune function. Regular exercise can lower stress and promotes good circulation, which allows the cells and substrates of the, and substances of the immune system to move throughout the body freely and do their job efficiently. Exercise shouldn't be too strenuous, but a regular routine such as walking, hiking, a mini trampoline, which also provides stimulation to the lymphatic system can be very, very beneficial. Sunshine is the best way to keep your vi body's vitamin D stores up. Unfortunately, up here in New England, we're heading into the winter, so it's hard to get enough strong enough sunshine to keep our D level up. Eliminating exposures to toxins, eating organic, not smoking or vaping, not using harsh or chemical cleaners in your house and inhaling that, avoiding blue light at night and EMFs, the electromagnetic fields, Avoid exposure to people with colds or other infections. With everything going on since March, we're all being much more careful about that. We should have been doing this for the, our whole life, but at least now we're more aware of it. We want to reduce stress. Do what you can to minimize your stress. 
Practice good hygiene, wash your hands frequently and properly, not just rinsing them off. You wanna scrub both sides under the nails and the CDC recommending you should be doing the washing for at least 20 seconds and then wash off the soap very, very well. You wanna take care of your teeth. The bad bacteria or gum disease can really have a bad effect on your immune system. Use antibiotics only when needed. Um, they're great and thank God we have them, but overuse of them can cause resistance and also disruptions in the microbiome. Being hydrated is very important. Make sure you're sipping plenty of water through the day and quit unhealthy habits such as smoking, vaping, staying up at crazy hours and eating a poor diet. Probiotics are defined as living microorganisms that when administered in adequate amounts, confer a healthy benefit on the host. Now, there's a list here of just some of the different bacteria, and these aren't all the good ones, but you should not, for general health, you should take a probiotic that has multiple strains in it. We want a little bit of a lot of different bacteria. Some of the bacteria help with the B vitamins, with D, with hormone balance, with immune system function. Each one has a different function. So just overloading on one or two for general health really isn't a good idea. You're better off taking a broad spectrum of them. Also, if things are, if you're in pretty good shape, you don't need hundreds of billions of organisms per dose. We're just overseeding. Sometimes the high dose probiotics are very necessary and very helpful, but for general health, you don't, more isn't necessarily better. These are two, two of our favorite probiotics. The one on the left, the enterobiotic SIGC, that also has some colostrum in it, which is very supportive of the immune system. It has multiple strains. It has some of the soil-based organisms and it's a refrigerated one. They're live and two capsules gives you about eight or 10 billion different organisms. There's probably 25 different organisms. The one on the right, Probiotic 20, is made by orthomolecular, it's called orthobiotic. We have a lot of orthos products. They make wonderful products and they're private labeling them for us. And the reason we did that was ortho now has a policy that their products cannot be sold online or be on a website only in the office or at the wellness center. And a lot of our customers, especially COVID, with COVID precautions, aren't going out and about and shopping. So Ortho agreed that it doesn't violate their regulations. It's the exact same product, but it has our label on it. And so that way you can order it online. We can ship it anywhere in the country. But that one, the Probiotic 20 is a freeze dried and it's shelf stable. It does not have to be refrigerated. Now we've heard a lot about magnesium. Magnesium is great for Charlie horses and depending upon what type of magnesium you take, it can be good for the bowel. Magnesium three and eight is excellent because it crosses the blood brain barrier and can help with memory. And magnesium also has a strong relationship with the immune system. It's involved in more than 300 reactions in the body. Muscles need it to relax. Nerves need it to send and receive messages. It keeps our heart beating steady and the immune system strong. 
Magnesium participates in immune responses in numerous ways as a cofactor for immunoglobulin synthesis. It helps the immune cells adhere to the invading organisms. Antibody-dependent cytolysis, that's the killing of some of the antigens. And so if we're low on magnesium, that can have a negative effect on how we feel, but also on our immune system function. And we're finding the soil and the food supply is getting more and more depleted of magnesium. So adding in magnesium can be very helpful. I want to talk just a minute about free radicals. They're generated during normal cellular metabolism, and they result from the metabolism of certain drugs, exposure to ultraviolet light, cigarette smoke, and other environmental pollutants also increase the, increase the body's free radical levels. The body has several systems in place to deactivate the free radicals, but those systems can be overwhelmed if we're generating too many of them or we're not eating well or we're not getting enough sleep. When they are overwhelmed, the free radicals can damage membranes, enzymes, and are even down to our DNA. Antioxidants bind to the free radicals and destroy them while protecting the integrity of our cells and tissues. Clinical trials have found antioxidant supplementation can significantly improve our immune system, specifically supplementation with vitamin C, E, A, or beta carotene, increase the activation of cells involved in tumor immunity in the elderly. Supplementation with antioxidant vitamins also protects the immune response in individuals exposed to certain environmental sources of free radicals. You usually don't need a high dose of any one um, antioxidant. They all work together like in a daisy chain and each one will help break down free radicals and bring them down to something that isn't harmful to the body and then the body can eliminate them through the liver and the stools or the urine. So just taking a large dose of one antioxidant isn't that helpful. You're better off getting a blend, just like with the probiotics. And for general health, having some of all the antioxidants. So we know the B vitamins are antioxidants, zinc, selenium, choline, the citrus bioflavonoids, grapeseed, um, some amino acids help. So having some methionine, coenzyme Q10, DMG, donates methyl groups, and that helps the body detox. So getting a blend usually is much more effective than just taking two or three of them in large doses. Most of you, have, most of us have heard about the health benefits of mushrooms. And this is really working out well. Um, there's been a lot more studies over the years and recently this year, they're looking into a lot of mushrooms for supporting the immune system. Taking a quality product that's extracted properly and that's grown in a clean environment is very, very important because mushrooms can accumulate and detoxify their environment. And you don't want to use those mushrooms from a contaminated environment, making it into a supplement because then you're ingesting all the toxins. 
Rishi mushroom is a medicinal mushroom with an immunoglobulatory property um, that is loaded with polysaccharides, half of it being beta-D-glucan. You might have heard of that. That's very, very supportive of the immune system. And it makes up 80% of the mushroom cell wall. Beta-D-glucans are potent immunological stimulators in humans. A study published in 2019 showed polysaccharides from reishi mushrooms activate dendritic cells, which act as messengers bringing antigens to immune cells and increasing the number of T cells. Chaga is a parasitic fungus that grows on the trunks of trees, mainly the Barca birch trees. It's been used for centuries as a traditional medicine in Russian and other Northern European countries to support immunity and overall health. Evidence suggests that the constituents of chaga stimulate immune function and can positively impact immunity by reducing long-term inflammation. Um, here's a product. This one is very, very clean. It's tested. It is a vegan product. It has the mushrooms extracted in the proper format. So they pull out all the active constituents and it does contain the reishi and the chaga along with some of the other mushrooms that also support the immune system. These are a bunch of different vitamins that are very, very helpful and supportive of the immune system. And again, you don't need mega doses of any of them. You just need enough in your system. Selenomethionine is the predominant form of selenium ingested by humans. It gets metabolized in, into metabolites, including selenoproteins, which are critical for immune and antioxidant response. Glutathione peroxidases, these are enzymes that we need to use and recycle our glutathione for detoxing, are a well-known example of selenoprotein enzymes related to immune function. Vitamin A is essential for cell growth and immune function and vision. Together with vitamin D, vitamin A helps regulate GI microbiome, an important part of the immune system as we discussed a little earlier. We all know about Linus Pauling and vitamin C, ascorbic acid. It's a great antioxidant and it also enhances the immune system. Taking adequate amounts of vitamin D3 plays an important role in modulating immune system function and a deficiency can put one at risk of getting sick, infections, and also bone density issues. Vitamin K2, menaquinone 7 is the most biologically active form of K2. It's known for moving calcium, such as removing it from arteries and for immune signaling. It helps with the signaling of the immune system. It's extremely important for the optimal function of vitamin D3. We all know about zinc, zinc gluconate, helps keep the immune system strong and is a popular treatment for the common cold. Studies have found zinc may reduce the duration of a cold and lower the number of respiratory infections in children. Research shows that supplementation may also reduce the incidence of infection and inflammation, especially in the elderly. 
And some of the better formulated antioxidants, uh, the antioxidant formulas, have all these in it. One of them I like is Natural Creations Antioxidant Complex. So just taking that as a supplement is making sure you're getting some of all the different nutrients that the immune system requires. Now, this is just some products. People we usually don't really hammer or talk on um, specific products. These are just some examples. These aren't the only ones, but elderberry, it comes in drops. It comes in syrup, and this, this syrup is great. It tastes good. It has some raw honey, some propolis, and the elderberry. Um, astragalus is very, very good. Vitamin D3 and K2, it's available in tablet, it's in capsules and in liquid. There's um, some of these formulas for children. There are the adult formulas. So I just put these up so there'd be some, for instance, what you could use or what might be helpful. Another product that's very, very helpful, the ImmuCare. Uh, um, immu, I'm sorry, ImmuCore. That is a great product. It has the C, D, niacin, zinc, and selenium. It also has reishi, um, mataki. So it does have a lot of the mushrooms in there. And a lot of people have been using that. The enzyme defense we've been selling and recommending for years. That's a, if you look at the ingredients, it's an enzyme. You take it once a day as maintenance. And if you get sick, you can take it up to three times a day. And that helps dissolve the cell membrane on invading organisms. So it helps your system weaken the organism so your immune system can then deal with it. Pro-SBI, that's serum-based immunoglobulin. There's a lot of good studies on that. This is immunoglobulin is what programs our immune system in the gut right from the beginning when, when we're born. We get this from the colostrum from our mother's breast milk. And sometimes our gut system and our immune system loses their way and they forget what they're supposed to be doing. So taking an, uh, the pro-SBI can put that immunoglobulin back into the gut and help reprogram the the functioning of the gut so it'll start helping the good bacteria survive and flourish and it'll start binding up toxins and bad things, bad bacteria in the gut. And this has been very, very helpful. People with a really messed up bowel, this could be helpful. And for immune support, it can be very, very helpful. Virus support is the Johnson's labeled Virusid by um, Virusid by Orthomolecular that we've been selling for years. We have a lot of teachers and nurses that have been using it. It's two capsules once a day for maintenance. So a lot of people starting when it's normal cold and flu season at the beginning of the season, if they're being exposed to people who might be sick, they just take two capsules once a day. If you are coming down with something, the studies show, and it's allowed to be labeled, you take two capsules every hour for six hours, and then two capsules three times a day till you feel better. And that product has been very, very effective. And 
especially nowadays, it's more and more people are taking it. Now, this chart is a chart from the Eastern Virginia Medical School. This has been in a lot of the medical literature, and it gets updated as we're learning more and more about COVID. And I'm not talking about what you should do to prevent COVID or to treat COVID. That's something if you are worried or you have you think you might have COVID, you should talk to your doctor and get tested. But I just wanted to show you, if you look here for prophylaxis, prophylaxis, that means for taking every day to keep the body strong, hopefully to prevent a problem. They're recommending vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D3, and famotidine. Um, melatonin also, which was very interesting. And you can see if people have symptoms of COVID, but they're at home, they still recommend these. And even people with mild symptomatic patients in the hospital, a lot of the hospitals are using supplementation as part of the therapy for COVID because used properly, it's very, very supportive and helpful to the immune system. So we've talked about most of these. Quercetin is an antiviral. It binds to the spikes. Viruses are round balls. You've seen the COVID virus and it has all these spikes sticking out of it. And that's what the, the virus uses those spikes to tear into our cell membrane and then penetrate. Quercetin binds to the spike protein and that makes it harder for it to get into a cell. Melatonin, we all know it's used as a sleep aid, but it also blocks inflammasome activity, inflammation, certain type of inflammation, reducing inflammation in the lungs and reducing the risk of fibrosis, which is one of the most challenging complications of patients with COVID. D3, the evidence is a little mixed. Areas with low vitamin D3 levels have higher outbreaks and higher complications and more hospitalizations. Low vitamin D levels have also been implicated in asthma and other respiratory disorders, but excessive D levels may overstimulate the immune system. So having your, your vitamin D level tested more isn't better. You wanna have your levels up around 50 or 60 the blood levels and everybody is different. So do you need a thousand units or do you need 5,000 units a day? Have your D level checked, then you know the proper dose to be taking. Now the Harvard School of Public Health agrees diet and nutritional supplementation can support the healthy immune system. In part of the, the results, Consuming quality diet is always desirable, and this is especially important during the COVID-19 pandemic. Adequate amounts of minerals and vitamins provided by a healthy diet can help ensure sufficient numbers of immune cells. So mainstream medicine now is realizing eating well, keeping stress down can really help your immune system in making sure you're getting enough of the vital nutrients for your immune system. So now I'm gonna talk a little bit about anxiety and stress. Studies suggest the ability to adapt to stress is associated with the onset of depression or anxiety. There's been a lot written about the mind-body connection. We all know our emotions and our thoughts can affect how our bodies function.
Depression can suppress the immune system. Anxiety disrupts the digestion. And anger has an adverse effect on liver function. And all of these can affect our sleep. And we know if we don't get a good night's sleep, our immune system goes down. So this connection, however, works both ways. Not only do our emotions affect our physical health, but our nutritional status and toxicity level affect our mood and behavior and emotions. Physical changes in response to stress allow us to adapt quickly and respond well to dangerous situations. And the fight or flight response is a very healthy life-saving response. Blood flow goes to the big muscles away from digestion and reproduction organs. We increase our blood pressure, our blood sugar levels go up, pupils dilate, digestion is inhibited, fatty acid and glucose are released from the bloodstream. That's to get us ready to fight or run. And that's a healthy response. But what happens if we have fight or flight continually, if we're totally stressed, are very stressed all the time. The blood doesn't flow to the digestive system. That can lead to digestive disorders and constipation. That also leads to nutritional deficiency because you're not breaking the food down and absorbing it. If you're in fight or flight, your adrenaline's up. You're not getting a good night's sleep. That's when we repair and recharge our adrenals and when we get rest. And so being in constant fight or flight, very, very unhealthy. We typically associate stress with negative events, but not all stresses are dangerous. Um, we have meeting deadlines, we have driving in traffic, even happy events can elicit the same stress response. Um, outside of COVID times, getting married, graduation, having a baby, winning the lottery, um, competing physically, that's a very healthy stress. But again, those are all stressful for a period of time and then it stops. With the upcoming holiday season, especially this year, the, the Thanksgiving through New Year's for a lot of people is a very stressful time in a good year. But this year, a lot of other people are gonna be stressed because we're not gonna be able to get together with family. Or if we are getting together with family, we're worried about how are we gonna do this safely? And how are people gonna travel? So there's a lot of stressors coming up. In chronic stress, these processes seem to go off course to different degrees and different people. A chronically stressed person might show signs of inflammation insulin resistance, poor motivation, irregular circadian rhythm, trouble sleeping. They may have trouble with decision-making, initiation and control over their actions. Problem solving usually goes down. Planning and initiating activities goes down. There's some evidence while chronic stress can make these processes go wrong, if these processes go wrong on their own, they can turn, they can, then contribute to more stress. For example, if your circadian rhythm is irregular and you don't release melatonin at the right time at night, this can dis disrupt your sleep pattern. And if your sleep pattern is disrupted, you're more stressed the next day. And it just keeps cycling around and around and around. Another thing this can lead to is more inflammation. And inflammation can be very, very unhealthy. You've heard a lot about 
IL-6 and the cytokine storm with inflammation can trigger a stress response. And one of the stress responses is releasing cytokines in a short spurt that's very, very healthy and very adaptive for us. But if the cytokine level stays too high for too long, that can really cause serious health issues. As the same physical responses due to stress occur over and over again, it can lead to damage to the body. You can lose your stripes. When stress doesn't go away, the brain, the heart, lungs, blood vessels, and muscles become chronically over or underactivated. Such chronic stress produces physical and psychological damage over time. These are just some of the symptoms of stress, of cortisol being high. Wired or tired, high blood pressure, blood sugar regulation problems, memory problems, anxiety, weight gain, especially around the middle, around the waistline, difficulty sleeping, sugar and salt cravings, decrease in libido, erectile dysfunction, irritability, and being tired all the time, but jumping out of you, feeling like you're jumping out of your skin. When the adrenals are stressed too long, or get exhausted, you can have high blood pressure, fatigue. You could, by early afternoon, need a nap. Your energy just goes right down. Hypoglycemia, weight gain around the middle, poor concentration, rashes and acne, anxiety, irritability, allergies, a weakened immune response. So you really want to keep stress in check. And if it isn't in check, there's a lot that can be done to get you back in balance. When adrenal fatigue has left a person without the energy to cope, they can become very irritable or apathetic. There are several ways in which stress can contribute to weight gain. When we're under stress, the fight or flight response is triggered in our bodies, leading to the release of various hormones, including cortisol. The body doesn't release fat to burn when cortisol is high and digestion suffers. And if our blood sugar starts going up, the body starts taking the excess blood sugar and put it right into the fat around the belly. Other ways that chronic stress and cortisol can influence weight include a slowed metabolism. Blood sugar increases. We start emotionally eating and we usually go for comfort foods, which aren't the healthier foods. Increased levels of cortisol can not only make you crave unhealthy foods, but excess nervous energy can cause you to eat more food than you normally would. Although we usually think of stress as something to be avoided, that's not possible. Stress occurs at all levels of life. There are nutritional, physical, emotional, mental, psychological, and spiritual stressors that are factors that can relate to stress. And as I said earlier, even exercise is a type of physical stress, but it's a good physical stress, but too much exercise and overdoing it is a negative stress. Medical conditions, relationship problems, <clears throat> and other major life changes create a lot of stress on the system. Toxins are another stress factor that permeate our environment. The best we can do is to manage stress the best we can keep our environment clean, eat a healthy diet, 
and lessen the major stress factors. The problem comes when stress becomes chronic 24 seven, causing the adrenal glands to continually produce cortisol. This can lead to overtaxed adrenals that eventually become unable to function the way they're needed. High cortisol levels prevent sleep. When you don't sleep, more hormonal imbalances will follow and the stage becomes set for the onset of degenerative diseases. So some factors that affect the adrenals, our diet and nutrition, excessive caffeine, white sugar, gluten, processed foods, genetically modified foods, food additives, refined vegetable oils, white flour products, blood sugar management problems, and poor nutrition all stress the adrenals. Our lifestyle affects the adrenals, smoking, lack of sleep, overexertion, lack of exercise, excessive exercise, so moderation in everything, being too busy, poor diet, too much electromagnetic radiation, and environmental toxins all affect the adrenals. So we need to calm down. We need to learn to say no sometimes, to deal with matters as they come up. There's an old adage that you should only handle a piece of paper once. You shouldn't print something out, say, I'll deal with it later, put it in a pile. Then later you go through that pile and I'll deal with that later. You're wasting time. A lot of things only take a few minutes to deal with. So why not deal with them right now? Then they're off your list and you don't have to worry about them. So it lowers the stress in your schedule. And it's very, very hard to do, but very, very important if you're working from home or even at work in your calendar, put little blocks of time <clears throat> where a meeting won't get scheduled or you won't have a consult where you can take a few deep breaths or stand up from your desk and move around, get the blood flowing, or you can take a deep breath or even catch up on some emails or phone calls. So schedule things, leaving a little block of time for yourself. That's very, very important. You want to eat as organic as you can to keep the chemicals out of your system, which is a stress. You also want to think about your house. It's winter time now, or winter's coming, and we're going to be keeping the windows closed. All the cleaners and shampoos and anything that has a fragrance, most of that is chemically laden, and it's all accumulating and getting at high and higher levels as the cooler weather's coming. So start using and looking at what you're doing to your own personal environment in your home. The link between water and stress reduction is well documented. All organs, including our brains, need water to function properly. If you're dehydrated, your body isn't running well, and that can lead to stress. Studies have shown that just being a half a liter dehydrated can increase your cortisol level. So what's interesting, nutrients, these nutrients are very, very important for good adrenal function. But it's very interesting. These are the same nutrients we need for immune system function and adrenal function. So again, we don't have to look at each problem or each area. Doing a good basic protocol is very, very helpful for you. For stress and anxiety, I can't help you 
eliminate all your stresses. We might be able to give you some tools to help, but I just, there's a whole lot of adaptogenic products, products that don't knock you out or make you groggy. Lavella is enterocoded lavender. Lavender gets destroyed in the stomach, but if you enterocode it, it gets through the stomach into the bowel. And there are great clinical studies for high stress and anxiety. Lavella helps cool things down to baseline. It can't bring you below your baseline. And if you are stressed and need to be in fight or flight, you can go right up to the ceiling. It's generally taken once a day or one capsule twice a day for severe stress and higher anxiety. Cortisol Manager is a wonderful product. These are the ingredients in Cortisol Manager. That's taken about a half hour before bedtime. If our adrenals are supposed to be high in the morning and go down at night, some people that are chronically stressed, their adrenals stay in daytime mode even through the night. So they just get naps in. They don't get a good night's sleep. Cortisol Manager can be very helpful in cooling down the adrenals and bringing them down to baseline, which can help you drift off and get into REM sleep a little bit better. There's been a lot with CBD. CBD is very good for anxiety. It can be calming. There are some formulations like the BCOM, it's CBD, but it also does have some other herbs in there that are very, very calming in the body. There's also some CBD products that have other things added also in the extraction to help you get drowsy and fall asleep. So feel free to contact us. It, there's all different ways to help you calm down or help you get to sleep. Ashwagandha, very tonic for the adrenals, very good for low adrenals and high adrenals. It's adaptogenic. It helps bring you to baseline, back to getting centered. The adrenal response we've been selling for years, it's an adaptogenic blend. The dose is two, cap, two tablets as needed. It has astragalus, rhodiola, holy basil, schisandra. And what it really does, again, it just cools the adrenals down, brings you back down to baseline to get you out of that extreme fight or flight without making you drowsy. So talked a lot about a lot of products. Um, you can reach us at the Wellness Center at 781-893-3870 and hit three. That'll get you to one of the staff. They're very well educated, very helpful. Um, if you would like to leave a message for me, if you call the same number and my extension is 111, I will get right back to you. Again, if you'd rather email, I'm Gary at naturalcompounder.com. And if you'd like a copy of our favorite, some of our favorite products, we have a cough, a cold and flu sheet that we have at the Wellness Center. I can email you a copy. Again, just send me an email at gary at naturalcompounder.com. If you have a, something a little more complicated and would like to schedule a consult, I am doing phone and video through Zoom consults. And you can see my availability at calendly.com forward slash Dr. Gary K. And if you give me a second, I'll bring up the questions and answers and we'll get rolling on that. Hold on one second, please. Hello, everybody. All right, now just bear with me. 
Okay, the first question is, what's the relationship between shingles and chickenpox? It's the same organism, the same virus. So when we have chickenpox and we get all the, the pox, the different um, blisters on our body, that's from a virus, the chickenpox virus. But that does stay in our body. We get rid of it. Our immune system takes care of it. Shingles, people who have had chickenpox have a greater chance of getting shingles. And so this is something our immune system, our innate immune system doesn't protect us against as well. So it, it is the same organism or the same infection that's causing the problem. The next question is, if someone had chickenpox, why aren't they, okay, I answered that. Why aren't they protected from shingles? Unfortunately, nature is wonderful and did an unbelievable job on our bodies, but she didn't do everything perfect because nothing in life is perfect. And so we don't have that total immunity um, once we had chickenpox from shingles. Another question is, does Crohn's disease fit into all this? Yeah, I mentioned that a little bit. If you have leaky gut or you have an inflamed gut, gut and it's not dealt with, that can lead you down the road towards an inflamed bowel. And Crohn's is part of it is an inflamed bowel, which is also leading to a decreased immune system. So any issue with the bowel can lead to immune system issues and immune system issues can lead to bowel issues. Okay, how do things like GMOs and glyphosate affect all this? Well, the glyphosate we talked about, one is a chemical the body has to try to get rid of if we ingest it, but it also, they've shown this studies that have proven it affects the good bacteria. It's killing a lot of the good bacteria in our gut leading to dysbiosis, which leads to leaky gut, which leads to immune system issues. So glyphosate is terrible. If you eat only organic, does that help all this not happen? Well, it may not prevent it all because most of us haven't been eating organic our whole life. But yes, getting rid of the chemicals in a lot of the food is very, very beneficial for us. And it can help us because if you're not putting more and more in, you the body has more capacity to deal with a problem that, that could be there. How much magnesium should we have per day? Are there specific foods that are magnesium rich? A lot of the dark green, um, the dark green vegetables have a lot of magnesium in it. How much magnesium do we need? Well, you could do blood work to see the relationship or the ratio between calcium and magnesium. Generally, if you have tight muscles or if you have restless leg or you get charley horses, of elemental magnesium, probably a couple of hundred milligrams. And the better magnesiums give you not the amount the tablet or capsule weighs, it gives you the amount of actual magnesium your body has access to. And it's usually about 135 milligrams per dose. And a lot of people that are having the restless leg or the tight muscles or charley horses, they might need to take 
you know, 300, 400 milligrams of elemental, you know, three or four tablets of capsules a day. The nice thing about magnesium is there's a broad range. You don't have to worry. One more tablet isn't going to put you into a toxic level. Um, natural creations and terobiotic SBO. How is that different from the product I spoke of? And also Saccharomyces Bilardi, can this be taken for a long time? Okay, the natural creations and terobiotic SBO is the main probiotic from natural creations. The difference between the SBO and the SIGC, the SIGC has colostrum in it, so it has even more immune benefits. But for the most part, they're interchangeable. Saccharomyces boulardii is a beneficial yeast and that can be very, very effective at helping knock down some candida and get the environment in the gut more towards what the healthy bacteria love and the opportunistic organisms don't like. So in the enterobiotic, both the SBO and the SIGC, there is some Saccharomyces. We have it separately. The normal dose is one capsule twice a day on Saccharomyces. And most people with a bowel issue, Saccharomyces is very, very important. Okay, another question. You talk about, uh, you talk, you're talking about a lot of products, but what combination of products do you recommend to improve digestion due to stress or other issues? You might answer some of these before the end of the presentation. I'm feeling like there's too many choices. Are there recommendations for supplements for everyone that don't need to be tailored for the individual? Good question. I'm getting stressed just thinking about all the possibilities. And that one, feel free to call us or email me or anyone at the store because we can talk about what's going on. Is everything great in your life? And you just want just a background protocol. Do you have digestive issues? Have you been on antibiotics? Are you constantly getting sick? And that way, it doesn't have to be 12 bottles of, you know, one of everything that you're spending your whole day taking products. We can help you put together a protocol that's right for you. And that's where the consultation can be very beneficial because it's one-on-one -on -one talking specifically about you. But some things, I think probiotics are very, very good. And most people, it could be very helpful. Taking some vitamin D, getting the right amount of D to keep your D level up, very, very beneficial. If you're having digestive problems, you're not breaking down the food and you're not getting the nutrients out. So depending upon what's going on, Probiotic can be helpful. A lot of times a digestive enzyme can be very helpful to help break down the foods. If you're constipated, the food can't move down appropriately. So dealing with the constipation, not taking a laxative to force you, yourself to empty, but figuring out why you're constipated and fixing the why. So to answer your question, it can just be a couple of things to be taking. Um, I personally, I take the Virapro product. I take that every day. I take a probiotic. I had my D level checked. I'm taking a vitamin D every day and I take the antioxidant complex. And so I'm taking four things. It's not mega doses of anything, but I'm also working at staying hydrated, exercising, getting fresh air, trying to keep stress level down 
and eating very healthy. So feel free to contact us and we can help put something together just for you. Will there be a recording? Um, yes, I will have this. This is being recorded. Hopefully in the next day or two, it'll be up on our website at naturalcompounder.com forward slash blog. Or if you just go to naturalcompounder.com, there's a button for the blog and it'll be listed there. We have just about all of our webinars and different recordings we did there and also on YouTube. So it will be there. And um, I'm hoping if everything goes right, it'll get up tomorrow, if not in the next couple of days. And that, if there's no more questions, if anyone else has one, please type, or, type it in. I wanna thank you all very, very much for attending. We're heading into cold and flu season and we have COVID going on and we're gonna not be able to stay as socially separated because as it gets colder, you're not gonna be able to be dining as much outside or sitting on your patio and having people over and everyone being six feet apart and all that. Be real careful what you're doing and how you're doing it because as more and more people, we can see our numbers in Massachusetts. Yes, we're testing a lot more, so we're gonna detect more asymptomatic people, but the number of hospitalizations throughout the country is creeping up and the numbers are going up. So we're getting tired of wearing a mask and washing our hands properly and not going in crowded places and things like that. But we're coming into cold and flu season. Those are things we should be doing just for the cold and the normal flu. And now we have a third thing to worry about. So be real careful. You don't have to lock yourself in a room and stay totally social, socially isolated, but be smart and do the right thing. And I want to thank you all for attending. I hope this has been helpful. Again, feel free to call us at 781-893-3870, extension 3 for the front store, the wellness center, or extension 111 for me. Or you can email me at gary at naturalcompounder.com. And I hope you have a great evening and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.